Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so happy to say this is episode 12, and it being a monthly show, that means it's one year old. Paranormal Heart is one year old already. I can't believe it. Time sure flies. So looking back, the show started out on Podbean, then it grew to iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, then Arizona Trent picked up my show on Black Swamp Digital Radio on Friday nights. And on YouTube, Conflict Radio also plays Paranormal Heart. And my mascot got a name through listener votes. That little black kitty, she's now called Boo. We had a whole bunch of people voting to see what we're going to call her. And yeah, Boo was the one that won it. And through listener comments, I was also told that the audio was not the greatest, which I already knew. So I upgraded to new equipment. And this is a first episode with the new toys. I'm so excited. So you should hear a big difference. Uh, please let me know if you do hear a difference. Uh, you can always send me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. You know that, that email. And so before I introduce my 12th guest, I wanted to give some shout outs. First, a huge thank you to Brian Anderson. He's a voice you hear at the beginning of the show and at the end. And he's been helping me out tremendously with tech issues. And anyone who follows me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook knows that lately I've been having an awful lot of tech issues with the new equipment. So if it wasn't for him, you know, I don't know where I'd be. Now, I have two past guests that have since released some books. My last guest, Cisco Murdoch, she co-authored a book with Steve Stockton called We Are All Children in the Wilderness of the Afterlife, A Guided Tour Through a Haunted Life. You can find that on Amazon. And my second guest... Aileta Kinley just released hers called My Haunted Journey of Nebraska. You can also find that on um, Amazon. So my next guest is co-founder of the Meadville Paranormal Investigation Team and previously held a position on the Paranormal Ethics Committee at the International Museum of Spiritual Investigations. And he's been featured on various magazines and a regular contributor to Haunted Times magazine. He's had his own experiences since the age of three. He's also a radio show host, and he brings you an entire spectrum of topics from paranormal to conspiracy theories and so much more. He's had almost 400 shows in almost eight years. Please help me welcome host on the Mallard Report and my friend, Mr. Jim Mallard. Hey, Jim. <laughs> that, bio is way, that bio is way too long. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just heard a bloom. I don't know. That's not the beginning I, I, of more tech issues. Probably. Oh. <laughs> Bite your tongue, Mr. Mallard. <laughs> well, they, you know, they come, they go, and they, um, but w it, every time you have one, you learn something new. Trust oh, yeah, me. I know. Like we were several saying, times I've been there just ready to pull my hair out. So, like we were saying just before uh, we started recording, um, 
I've the tech issues that I've been having, especially for the past couple of weeks. Um, I've been learning so much, like it's amazing. I, I don't think I've learned as much since I've had problems than, than before. I get, but I guess it's a learning curve. If you don't learn, you know, if you don't have problems, well, you hor- don't learn. It's a horrible curve. Cause I remember probably about, well, probably about a year into the show, like you were, I decided to upgrade my equipment because I had a mixer that had a nine volt battery in it, and that kind of got tedious every week changing this nine volt battery. Oh wow! So I went out, I went out and bought a you know plug in the wall one. Yeah. And I got news for you, my sound got incredibly worse. Hmm. So I, I battled through that. I mean, I literally battled for four months trying to get out a low frequency hum, hmm. and I never got it out. Ended up just selling the mixer and going di- mixing digitally. Never got it figured out. Wow, it's frustrating though, isn't it? Yeah, and you know you're you're like I even to the point of like uh, take, taking the cover off and inserting some copper wire and, and grounding it in an outlet and just you know doing all sorts of crazy things. Wow, to get it to a point where nope, none of it. Before nothing I... ever changed. Before I started doing this, I just thought you guys, it was just a breeze. I didn't think you had so many tech <laughs> issues. But now that I'm doing it, oh, lordy. If it's not storms that are that's stopping me, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and there's always, there's, it seems to always be something. But yeah. that's probably why you're not having me here to complain about tech issues. So it's <laughs> <laughs> That's what we have Brian Anderson for. <laughs> Somebody get me Brian Anderson. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry. I just had this cat jump up. <laughs> Thought I locked up all the critters, but I guess not. One, <laughs> my black one. Of course, it has to be the black one. So, you said you had experiences since you're the age of three. Yeah, I was told about this. I don't remember the early ones, um, but uh, tell me what you can. I, well, I'll tell you what I was told. Hmm. Um, the family, you know, would go plant flowers at the cemetery, and. Um, I would just wander off down over the hill. Well, down over the ridge. It's not really a hill. It's not that far. I don't want to sound like I roamed off miles off into the abyss, but <laughs> probably a couple hundred yards down over into the old, the really old section of the cemetery. And I would just sit. Apparently, I'd always sit the same one, which is just mind-blowing to me. Sit at the same headstone and just sit there and play and, and talk. And, I mean, they'd be there planting the flowers for 45 minutes an hour. And they never really, I mean, they always looked and never, I mean, that's where I was. There was no, you know, roaming off or anything. I was just sitting there hanging out. Mine. And um, I'm like, what was I talking about? And they're like, all sorts of things. I'm like, and you let me do it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, because you're being Have. I'm like, okay. So it's kind of weird. Kind of weird to think about now. But I guess some things in life have never changed because, um, when life gets to be too much, that's what I do now. I just go roam around cemeteries and talk to stones. So <laughs> some things some things have never changed. And you're about about three, you said? Three or four? Three or four, yeah. Hmm. Probably until I was probably uh, five or six. I, prob- I mean, they said it happened multiple times. So I'm guessing if we went every year, I mean, that'd be multiple years because it wasn't, wasn't alarming yeah. after a while. So. And normally kids that age don't like hanging out at cemeteries, just talking to themselves. So obviously you must have seen something, talking to someone. Talking to someone. Very, very content. Not, you know, like I said, it was always, they had to come get me to go. So, hey. 
I was entertained at least. And I'm sure your parents appreciated that. <laughs> I was going to say they weren't complaining. That was for sure. Because no. <laughs> if you're anything like when my son was that age, oh, he would run everywhere. So what got you into, because uh, I'm, I'm sure that people who know you already know the story, but what got you into the paranormal? I guess what got back me, what got me back into the paranormal is uh, we were in Gettysburg. My son was... Counting fingers, I never get this right. I, I, I probably told this story 20 times and tell it differently <laughs> every time because I, I never figured – I've never figured it out. He was six or seven months old, and we were down in one of those haunted cellars. I wish I remember which one it was, but, you know, this guy, this guy, great storyteller, telling all these stories. <clears throat> and he comes to the story about a kid, and they have uh, – in the middle of this room in this basement, there's a – well, like a kitchen island, so to speak, mm-hmm. between the two groups of stair, the chairs – and he's, there's a bunch of toys, matchbox cars, little dolls, you know, just sk- scattered of the small things that you'd give a kid. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking about this um, kid that ran out from the, well, it was a house at the time, not the hotel, but it's not a hotel. And um, ran out in the street pre, pre or post the war and just got smashed by a, a stagecoach going through and, and was killed instantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the spirit of the child is supposed to linger and he'll come and take toys and leave toys. And, you know, there's this whole big thing going on. And I'm sitting there going, okay. But my son's turns to the – because there's nobody on that far side. There's probably six of us in this room and then the storyteller. There's not a lot of people. for It's a Friday night, but there's not a lot of people in this in this story session, which surprised me. But whatever. But he starts looking off and just babbling on to something. See, this sounds familiar, but apparently I don't remember this. But just <laughs> babbling on to something. And then the, the, the storyteller, you know, pauses and he's like, do you think he sees something? I'm like, oh, I'm sure he sees something, but I'm not sure he's seeing what you think he's seeing. <laughs> and um, so the, the storyteller uh, finishes the story and he says, do you mind if I do an experiment? I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Obviously, because, you know. Got an almost newborn child there. Mm. He's like, I'm going to do some dowsing rods. And I'm like, what? He's like, we're going to get some answers to see if the spirit's here. I'm like, okay. Give me, you know, lay it on me. And he, he starts doing them, and they start crossing back and forth. And, but meanwhile, my son hasn't shut up, which he'd babble for like a period like that, but it'd only be a couple minutes, and then it'd go quiet for a while. And then, you know, it wasn't like a, a fluid period of probably 10 minutes where – he would just wouldn't, you know, well, I don't want to say shut up, but mm. wasn't quiet. And he just kept going through it all. And then all of a sudden, like the dowsing rod stopped and he stopped talking. It was just empty. And I went, huh. And then the next day we were out in the, out in the, out on the battlefield near Devil's Den, which is one of my favorite places. Well, I have a love hate relationship with Devil's Den. That's one of my favorite. It's like the place I go. When I'm there. I mean, I've been all over the battlefield, but hmm. the couple times I've been there, it's just a place that I seek out first. And we're there. We're up on top because it's a rock formation and they you park below and you go up on top and it opens up into the field up there. And um, I seen what I thought was a reenactor. So I said, hey, great photo up. Took off after him and couldn't find him. Just couldn't find him. No way. So, I, you know, I started talking about, we, then, you know, we started talking, we spent, well, we spent, what, five hours in the car together talking about 
Well, you know, she she was believe a uh, believer in ghosts before then. I'm like, no, and then you know, talked about it, talked about, it, and then t- we talked to some other people about it. And next thing I know, I well, okay, if that's what that was, I got to see it again. And you never so believed before this? No, that's the first time I remember. I mean, I looking back, I can say I've seen flashes and other things that I just ruled out because of whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time I seen something so clear, so vivid that I've pursued it to the the end, so to speak. So probably was let's see, well, that was July or August. So come April the next year. Well, I guess it was probably earlier than April, but April is officially when we finally founded the team the next year. So took us a little while to get over the hump, but. Cause I guess well I did I did look at some other teams and I went no so it was a process to get to that point. So what uh, didn't you like about other teams that made you decide to start your own? Well, there are probably four other teams semi local, and just how they presented themselves. Some of them, mm-hmm. um, just way too aggressive for me. I'm just I was just curious. I didn't necessarily need to go out and scream my lungs out and be that guy. Hmm. Um, some of them you could just tell it was kind of a, a adrenaline rush for them. And then there was another one who I looked at their website and I thought I went to the uh, HalloweenClipArt.com instead of their paranormal team website. <laughs> Ghosts flying around, the haunted, you know, bats moving in the background. Hmm. I almost got seasick. <laughs> and I'm like, if that's how you want to portray this, I, that's not what I'm looking for. So, and then... I ran into one of the team, you know, I think we talked, I talked to them on the phone. I'm just like, and you want me to, you know, it's just like, no, it's okay. You're just not answering my questions. So got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, let's gather some people up and let's do this ourselves because apparently some of these people just don't have a clue. So was this the first time that you investigated once you started up your own team? Yeah, the first official investigation was with my team probably two weeks after we started it. And um, <laughs> the first investigation, there's actually probably, I think, somewhere, there's a picture of me. Uh, we didn't have a clue what we were doing either. But um, I feel a lot better about that than some of the stuff that I heard from some of these other groups. So Yeah. But it was the next one that really opened my eyes to, again, what was out there. So... Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's the oh, I've told you about. There's a, a place that I would, you know, I would have liked to have taken you, but it burnt down, and mm. that was our first time there. And I'm trying to figure out how to, because I'm not necessarily a big believer in the K2 meter, but at the time, I held like gold in my hand because I thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And when those lights started blinking. But it wasn't necessarily the lights blinking on the meter. It was the hair standing up in the back of my neck. Oh. And I could feel the difference in the temperature of the room. Yeah. Like you put it in a spot and it got ice cold. And then I pull it back out and my hand got warm again and back and forth. And all just a lot of little things. And my favorite was there's there a, they had a – well, there was a hotel and then there was a breezeway that connected with a dinner theater type thing in a grand ballroom. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at the the bar in the breezeway, and it was perfectly still, perfectly. There there wasn't a noise. There was no you know 
it was just us in this hotel. There's the four or five of us. We're all sitting at the bar. We're being perfectly still, just really chill. And then you hear ting, 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 ting down the line of the crystal <laughs> wine glasses. Like six like, of them. Ting, 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 Like ting. someone was going along and just kind of rubbing Yeah, like their... rubbing their finger, just yeah. bouncing them right into the next one. Wow. And I, I went, oh. <laughs> okay. And who and who did that? You know, we're all we're all looking at each other like. And after that, it kind of became a well, still doing it. Well, not as much as I used to, but yeah, it kind of gets in your blood, doesn't it? Well, it does, and now, but now it's kind of a different. Because back in the day, I wanted those moments. Now I've had those moments. Now I'm trying to figure out how, why those moments happen. Yeah. Because. I don't. I don't necessarily need to go have the hair stand up on the back of my neck to know it exists. Now I want to know how. How can I confirm that for somebody who doesn't have the hair stand up on the back of their neck? Mm-hmm. That's the tricky part, because a little blinky K two meter is not going to do it for them either. It doesn't do no. it for me anymore either. So. Now it was the same with yeah. with me uh, when I held the K two meter for the first time and all the little blinky lights, and and I was really excited, but um. And then I had to start thinking, well, what's making them go off? Shouldn't probably tell this story because uh, I'm still friends with the person. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, go ahead. I, I wasn't until I told this story. Um, <laughs> we were out Halloween, Halloween night, how, you know, right in that neighborhood many years. Well, geez, probably six years ago, seven years ago. I don't know. A long time ago. And um, I understood that the, the text messages from your cell phone would make that K2 blip the way across. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of my other, you know, my t- I told my other teammates, yeah, this is how this works. And they're like, okay. Well, they were also doing, we were kind of doing this um, investigation wrapped around kind of a haunted house kind of thing the, the family was putting on for somebody. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, you know, I'm like, hey, we've got it. Because now this, you know, haunted house thing just gets a whole bunch realer because we can you know, manipulate this. And they're like, do you really want to do that? And I said, only in the one circumstance I want to, you know, so they'd go around the circle and they, everybody would ask their question, get to the one person. And that meter would just light up every time, no matter what the question was mm. around the circle again. bam. So after about four or five rounds of this going around the circle, asking questions, I said, you must be haunted because <laughs> you're the only one getting a response out of all these people. Well, anyways, I, it was a, well, we left that one go for a while before we explained how it actually worked. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure there were some sleepless nights in there for that person. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever use cell phones on your investigations? Probably not, eh? No, I no, no, none of the apps. None of I don't. I don't even like. I leave mine in the car, turned off, yeah. um, just because there's too much. No matter how much you, well, I guess I have the addiction too, which is the bad thing. Um, no matter how much you, you know, oh, I'll just put it in airplane mode. No, well, we all know that you have it out. You're looking at it, using it for your flashlight. Well, I'll just check and see if I got any messages from somebody at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just leave it. I don't trust any of the apps either. I just never have. 
I've heard some some people say they they swear by some of the apps, but I, I don't know. To me, it's just entertainment if it's on an app. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, if it's spitting random words, it's just yeah, you're bound to hit some random words that fit, yeah. or you can make them fit. Yeah, and so. I don't I don't like using the cell phones too because they always interfere with the equipment that you're using. So to me, that's yeah. those are false positives. I, I, I'm kind of back to being old school. Like I, I'll take my camera. I'll, I can't douse to save my life because my shoulders start to twitch. I've never seen one. You need somebody to sit there and hold one. them like a like the like a leaf on a tree in a windstorm. I can do that for you. But other than that, hmm. uh, I've got uh, got a couple team members that are really good at it. They can hold it still. I, like I said, I just start. So, and just listening and feeling and um, experiencing. And while I'm out there trying to prove it, I don't think uh, any. I don't know how to get the point from point A to point B because um, everybody says audio, video can be doctored, pictures can be doctored. Okay, sure um, they can. Yeah. No, this other stuff does it. So why I can't? I haven't figured out the method to prove it yet. So if I don't believe it, why am I going to run it out there and try to convince somebody else that it works? That's a good point. So I've never even seen dousing rods before. You haven't? No. I'd love Ooh. to. You need to. I know. Let me a- do them though. Yeah. Do you have you ever tried um, compasses or anything like that? I've tried the compass um, once or twice. I've tried a bunch of things. Uh, be- glow in the dark BBs uh, in a small uh, metal tin, uh, balls, um, powder, uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of different just. Anything that I could get, I've done. Anything that I get my hands on, pretty much. I've tried um, powder in my own house. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It, it's 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 always it's just a matter of trying different things, not being scared of trying different things. Hmm. So, do you like more of the old school equipment rather than the new fancy bells and whistle gadgets that we have now? Oh, I'm de- I like I said, I'm definitely old school. I, yeah. I, it's more. Of, like I said, but I don't need the experience anymore. So that's why I don't necessarily go out and seek out these investigations. It's more, any more for me, it's more of a, how do I say this? It's, I don't need, I mean, I'll go to, I'll go interview the client and understand where they're coming from and then try to work them through that and make it comfortable in their own life. Hmm. I don't necessarily need to sit there for, eight hours and run a whole bunch of equipment to confirm what they're telling me. Right. Because if I can find them credible and their story credible, I can skip that middle part because yeah, I've experienced it. They've, you know, if they're experiencing something similar to something I've experienced. Okay. So let's get there to help them sleep at night. So Mm -hmm. because honestly, while I'm sitting there at uh, four o'clock in the afternoon, it's just as good as it is at 4am in the morning. Right. It's just a matter of perspective. Yeah, when people say you have to investigate at night, no, you don't, because the ghosts are going to be there. They they don't have a schedule. No, and the only reason to investigate at night is because if like you're in a town, there's less uh, urban mm-hmm. sprawl noise. But yep. if you're out in my neck of the woods, it's all the same all the time, anyway. So, mm. and some equipment like the that that light up, of course, are going to show up better at night. Than if you're investigating during the day, but yeah, you don't you don't need to just strictly 
investigate at night, especially for myself. I'm very klutzy, so I'd like to see where I'm going. Yeah, there's a whole element of safety, too, that yeah. most people don't even factor into it. And then there's the whole element of getting home safely, too. But that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, because if you're, if you're there from, I don't know, 7 o'clock at night to like 3 in the morning, and sometimes, at least for, for my team, we've ha- sometimes had to have like 45-minute to an hour drive home. So you're And you're pretty bagged from the investigation anyways because it can be draining. Yeah, I, I just it's never been my cut. I don't like driving at night to begin with, but that's here. Neither do I. <laughs> no. My old eyes can't take it anymore. <laughs> My eyes aren't even that old. It's just, it's weird. It's perceptionally weird for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old, but feeling old at least, I guess. <laughs> I hear you. So what would be your favorite piece of equipment? I know I've asked you uh, this ca- before. My camera. I have a camera that'll take uh, pictures every 30 seconds. I just love that because nice. I can I can set it down. And then I can get frame the frame the frame the frame until the battery dies. Mm. So that way, you know, if I set it down in one spot, I know I have a controlled picture and then I can show any variation from that picture. Mm-hmm. As long as it happens in the course of that 30 seconds and stays in frame and all that other fun stuff. But I take it you have extra batteries when because – Oh, yeah. I have extra batteries. The only problem yeah. is you got to know when to change them and <laughs> – Sometimes it's just, you know, but I, I've, there's been two or three times I've seen some, well, I didn't see them. Some of my team members have pointed out to me after I've looked at them. Did you see this one? And there's, you know, cause we had a laser grid up and there's like four dots that aren't showing anymore. Hmm. And I'm like, no. And then, you know, you see the one before it and they're there and you see the one after it and they're there. Why aren't they in that? One in the middle, so. And you had the camera with the laser grid? Yeah, we yeah. pointed at, you know, it's all stationary, and we left the room, and you just close the door, and you let the camera do its work, and so. I've heard of teams before um, out uh, out west, and they would have the laser grid, but they wouldn't have a, a video recorder or uh, a camera at, at the same time, and I'm just like, what, well, if something happens, you're not going to have anything documented unless you have someone standing in the room saying, hey, it happened. And what happened? Because you got somebody standing there looking. Have you, have you ever looked at one for a while? Yeah. It's trippy. If you look at, yeah, if I was going to say, <laughs> if you look at one for long enough and it starts to move. <laughs> you're going to see anything. Yeah. <laughs> like watching white no- It's like watching white noise on the TV. <laughs> After a while, you'll start hearing things and seeing something on the screen, even though there's nothing on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh first time that I uh, used the motion sensor, I didn't think of uh, setting up a camera where the motion sensor is and it kept going off. And uh, I, it, afterward, you know, hindsight, I was like, damn it, I should have had a camera there because <laughs> it, it went off like four times during the investigation and uh, nobody was there to tell us why. There was nobody else in the base because it was set up in the basement. And everyone's accounted for, so and they had no pets or anything. But, um, yeah, I just, yeah, you, I should have had a camera there, but oh, well. We did after that. My, let's say the worst thing I've ever done was um, we were setting up, and I had the video camera on, recording, mm-hmm. facing me as I was, you know, modif- you know, making sure it was on and all this other stuff. And up in the background, there's no no windows in this 
in this room. It's a small, like, um, storage room. I see this shadow go from one side around the back wall into the other. And uh, one of my team members is like, did you see that? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you get it recorded? And I'm like, no, I got my reaction recorded to it because I had the camera <laughs> facing the wrong direction. <laughs> like those TV shows. Did you see that? No, because the camera was on you. <laughs> <laughs> because I was all, all excited because there's this room without light. You know, I could. And then, you know, I'm sitting and there it goes. And but, that entity probably knew it, too. And that's oh, why. I'm sure. I'm sure. That just was the messing point with you. It. Just, yeah. just the mess with me. Yeah, because they do that. <laughs> Have you ever had more more activity as you're setting up as opposed to after you're all set up and you're waiting for something to happen? Always more right, right as we're setting up. Yeah. <laughs> it's most frustrating. You, you can walk in and, you know, you can feel it. And you know the place, you know, it's, oh, it's a good night. It's a good night. Let's get yep. this set up. Let's get rolling. I know we're going to get some good stuff. Get my backpack on, ready to go, you know. First sight, man, we might as well pack this up. It's over. <laughs> what do you mean it's over? We just got here. Somebody sucked the air out of the room. This thing, this is going to be the worst night ever. Yeah. Two hours later, they look at me and say, oh, man, you were right about that. I'm like, oh. ah, yeah, been here, done this. Yeah. Or as you're packing up, there's activity. <laughs> it's like, really? More so before, though. Just enough just to make you want to keep going. Yeah. So... So what made you decide to have your own, because uh, the people who don't know, he has uh, his own podcast. And uh, so what, what decided, what made you decide to start your own show? Well, that's a fun story and a half. So <laughs> you want the long story, you want the short story. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to tell us. Okay, so we'll tell you the, the longer-ish <laughs> version of this. Um, well, like I said, there was a bunch of teams in our area at the time, and I felt the need to... Uh, Keep pushing my team to do better, do mm -hmm. things that would um, allow people to want to welcome us into their home. So the first idea I had was video. So we uh, put team member bios up on the website, and then I'm like, man, we need more. How are we going to do more? Well, we can, you know, people are like, well, we should do a clip from investigations. I'm like, no, I don't want to put somebody's house up there. So we got, you know, so finally, I seen somewhere on the. Ustream, which was the popular site for live video back in the day, before YouTube. I mean, YouTube was doing video, but not live. Uh, people were just sitting around having discussions about all sorts of things. And I'm like, aha! So I delved into it. I got a, a web camera and um, a microphone. I got the Blue Yeti because I needed a, a microphone that could record a group of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some of these little video shows. We're going to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about how we, you know, how we investigate and all this other stuff. We're just going to do it at because we were having weekly team meetings. We're just going to do it then. It's not going to take long. It's just going to be something informal. We're just going to do one. We're just going to keep banging them out just because. Like, okay, nobody really wanted to do it, but they understood the reasoning behind it and they understood, you know. So we did that for two months or so. And uh, they finally came to me and said, this is stupid. It's not working. And I'm like, maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But it's really a brief window here to kind of expose, you know, things mm. to like, you know, get people into this. But whatever. If you don't want to, you know, we just won't. And that was right before. That was probably two weeks before Christmas. And we were going to take a break anyways for the Christmas break, you know. And I said, fine, whatever. I'll do them over the holiday. 
So I did one, um, did a brief video about uh, some of the equipment we had, and then did another one. I might, okay. So after the, we got back together, it was clear they were still interested, but I was still interested in doing it. But obviously they weren't interested, so I kind of came to that position how how to proceed. And about that time, on my Facebook uh, pops up a message: "Hey, come listen to my interview on this." Uh, this radio network. And I, this is my first exposure to internet radio. And I went, okay. So I went to the website, listen, and I'm like, that's even, that's even better. Cause there's no video component to this. I, you know, people just talk. Hmm. So I started seeking out these interviews with these different people that I knew that were doing them. And I got to be friends with a couple of the hosts that were doing them. And I got, you know, got in their chat rooms and stuff and we're hanging out and, Next thing I know, I'm hanging out with this one particular network a lot because I, you know, I'm getting to know the people. The, the one host says, hey, you want to co-host a show with me? And I went, yeah, let's do this. Need I remind you, I hadn't done any interviews to that point. <laughs> no on-air presence whatsoever, minus yeah. these videos that I did by myself, you know, for my team. So we started doing these uh, shows together and um, predictably – or unpredictably, they went sideways. And uh, I did my, did my first interview, which is still out there on Blog Talk, which you um, will be surprised to hear. But I didn't do a lot of talking during that <laughs> interview. Um, actually, my wife did more of the talking than I did, and she wasn't even invited on the show. I just handed her a phone because I was not comfortable talking about this stuff at that point. And, um, but like I said, that show with the co-host blew up. So... At that point, that night, I, I said, I'm done. This is just, this doesn't work at all. Yeah. That didn't work. Doing it with him didn't work. I'm done. I just, as much as it was cool and fun, it's just not going to work. And um, the next day, I got a, I sent a message to the station at the time. I said, hey, just wanted to tell you I'm done. Um, it's just not going to work. Uh, about 15 minutes later, this guy is, you know, like me, busy all the time. I get a phone call from him. Dude, what's going on? So I kind of explained what was going on with the co-host, and I said, man, I just, you know, I feel that this isn't just what, you know, I've tried it with my team. I tried it with him. I'm done. He's like, take the weekend and think about it. Think about what? There's nothing to think about. <laughs> you know, this is this is stupid. I mean, this isn't going to work. Um, then the, um, Sunday night, uh, the program manager, whatever the hell his title was at that point, <laughs> gives me a call and says, well, have you thought about it? I said, yeah, I thought about it. It's, it's still just not, there's nothing that, how does this work? And he says, you've got one thing you haven't thought about yet. And I said, okay, lay it on me. Doing your own show. And I said, well, how would that work? He's like, well, like any of these other guys, you go out and get a guest and you sit, you do it yourself. You don't have to have a co-host. You, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll think about it. So, let's see, that would be Sunday night, Monday, I thought about it. Tuesday, I'm really starting to think about it. And so I call, I call one of them and say, here's the deal. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it myself and my name is going to be on the show. And they're like, what time do you want? And I said, well, there's that slot between show A and show B 
on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. I said, obviously, because the one host from the show A did the show with show B with the co of a co-host. I said, so he could produce my show. Mm. He says, well, that probably work. You'd have to talk to him, <clears> and make sure that works for you know whatever. And I said, okay. So I send him a message and I say, hey, can you produce my show? Between you know, he's like, yeah, sure. I said, can then can you teach me how to produce my own show? So you know, if you ever need a night off. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, actually, I could probably do that now. And I said, he's like, all well, you need is this. So I, you know, Radio Shack was still a thing, and oh, went out and Radio bought Shack. this mixer that and the cords. And um, I called him on what was it Thursday or Friday night, and we rocked through it and got all the program downloaded and got everything going. And um, he says, you got it. And I said, yeah, I think so. Not that you know. He says, I'll tell you what, you produce your show Tuesday night, and if you need anything, I'll, I'll be ready to help you. Okay. Tuesday night. Like, so we're talking like 10 days after this thing all blew up. Put the malware report together, got the first guest. Sitting there. I booked, I booked this uh, Karen. Um, her name was Miles at the time. She's been married since then. And uh, we're sitting there. I called her at 8.30 just to make sure we were good because I was nervous. As, you know, because there's no way without a guest I'm even going to attempt this. Mm. And I said, hey, are we good for tonight? And she's like, yeah, and, you know. I said, okay, I'll call you back about 8.55, okay? And um, so we, I called her back about 8.55, and she's like, I thought you were hosting a host with so-and-so. And I said, yeah, I was. And she says, you know, I used to be his co-host too, and the same thing happened to me. <laughs> and I went, well, son of a, why didn't you tell me that before it got to the point where it got? And they, she's like, uh, you could tell somebody that, but they're not, you know, until it mm. actually happens to them, they're not going to believe you. Yeah. So we did that first, that first show and, um, my phone rings, well, Skype, uh, right after, right, right after the show. It's the, the host that's supposed to be on air. And I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> you know? He's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you everything sounded great. I'm like, well, thanks, but don't you have a show to be doing? He's like, yeah, I'll get it in a minute. And I'm like, you couldn't have sent that as a message? Yeah. You know? So it was weird. And he, you know, it was quick, but he hung up and went on about his show. And I'm like, you should have sent that as a message. <laughs> that was weird. But nevertheless, so I, I produced them, well, a, ma- a vast majority of them myself. Um, there was a period of time where I didn't, and I wish I did, but that's a whole other story. And here you are, what, eight years later? Almost. Headed down that road. Wow. And it sounds like it just, everything just fell into your lap. Because it sounds like you didn't even have any intentions at all to do this. No, like I said, I, I was ready to walk away. Yeah. And honestly, um, I think I still have the first, I have this sheet of notes. I keep, I actually, okay, Kat, this is where it gets fun. Hmm. I write all my show notes down on paper. I write all my guest bookings down on paper. I'm like the only person in 2018 that does this probably still on paper. Yeah, I think you are. (laughs) Uh, There's no Google Docs. There's no, there's nothing. It's all on paper. And um, on the original, I think it was on the original. It was on one of the two sheets. I think it's on the one I still have. Um, Six months. Do this for six months and then pull the plug. Which would have got us um, 
and the, just that holiday period again was what I was thinking. Just do a few interviews with some people. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do. And, uh, well, I got it bad by that point. So, and you have a great which show is now. actually about that point where I, um, it really clicked and I started actually recording the shows and started legitimately posting them and all sorts of fun things changed mm-hmm. after that. So, you get amazing guests. Well, it's kind of, it's the fun part about this. It's the building of the guests. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget. I had the little unknown independent C.L. Parker on who writes Paranormal Romance. She was with us, seriously, independent or small publishing house when I first had her on. And um, the last time I had her on, she was a USA Today bestseller. Wow. And um, it kind of speaks to the parallel between us because um, – well, I was doing other shows at the first onset, I, and I met one of the uh, PR people or publicity people for a, a book company. It wasn't the book company she ended up signing with either. It was just random happenstance, but they were in the audience at night, and they started talking and opened the door somewhere else, and hmm. just weird. And then, then the next one is, you know, the next one builds, and the next one builds, and now... They all build upon themselves, and I don't want to say it's it's not easy yet. I mean, it's easy. There's it's easier to get guests, but it's not easy yet. It's not like everybody just says yes. Yeah. So. And uh, I, when I first started listening to your show, it was pretty much paranormal, but now you have an eclectic uh, variety of people and topics, and it's it's really grown. Yeah, well, actually, that's the thing. Like, even going back to CL, she was on in, let's see, I want to say August of that first year. So that'd be four months into the show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, she may have been a paranormal romance author. Mm-hmm. That's the only only connection to the word paranormal. Hmm. And then I had a medium on, which um, Mark Anthony, the mm, psychic yep. lawyer. He's been he on a few on. times, right? Yeah, he's been on yeah. six or seven times yeah. between now and then. And that kind of opened my eyes. Those two guests opened my eyes to, I don't have to have a ghost hunter on every week. I can talk about, oh, well, that's kind of, you know, the, the circle diagram. You know, you, oh, you got the big circle of your topic, and then you got these other little topics off the side. Mm, yes. And then you start drawing more circles. Well, cryptids are paranormal, so you draw that circle, and then yep. you, now it's kind of like a bunch of little circles that all – I mean it all comes back to paranormal in my mind even though some people don't always see it that way. But I can always make a case that would probably stand up <laughs> that the guest <laughs> is paranormal if they want to admit it or not. Yeah, I used to think the paranormal was strictly ghosts. And then I started realizing, no, no, no. What does paranormal mean? It's not normal. So it can be cryptids. It could be UFOs. It could be – Honest politicians. <laughs> just about yeah, anything. You start falling down these things. Mm-hmm. And you just start falling and falling. And it's, it's been a wild ride. And I, I think I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's good to uh, stretch your reach once in a while and see how far you can go with a topic that you're not necessarily in love with or comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of that one guest that you had one time. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so that's just it. And that should have been a better interview than it was, right? <laughs> yes. Based off topic matter, but there's there's always that case where you get a person who bad night, bad personality, bad mix between the host and guest, and it's just not it's not good. But kudos to that guest, though, because I did admire him because even though I did not believe anything that he said, um, he he did, and he was there to talk about it. I, that's for sure. He showed up and answered the bell. Yep. Um, when everybody was making fun of him, he was still there. So, you know, I admire him for that. And he's still actually a fan of the show. Nice. So, figure that one out. Hmm. <laughs> Very odd. <laughs> Oh well, but I, I think it was because I treated him fair. I think and he so. knew that he, I, he's probably used to seeing all sorts of fun, you know, things from other people. But as a host, and I was very fair to him. So yeah, you didn't bash him or anything. You just let him speak his piece. And if I agreed with it or not, well, exactly. That's probably one of the ones that you know I don't agree with. <laughs> yeah, we won't say what the topic was. But <laughs> yeah. At one point, some, I can't remember what it is, though. I was told I have a tell. I don't remember what it is, though. You but I, I'd always start a question with a phrase if I thought the guest was full of something. Well, mm. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. I'll have to see if I can find it in my something. I don't remember what it is. But it was like, and then I went back and listened to the interview the person was talking about, and I went, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I did say that a lot, didn't I? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Was it was subconscious? I was just saying it. But um, <laughs> kind of funny. Well, we're almost at the end, Jim. So if you'd like to tell everyone where they can find you and the name of your show and and everything that's going on. Well, going back to the starting my own show, I had to have my name on it because I knew at the end of the day, if I was going to do it, I had to do it right and had to represent something. So right. my show is the Mallard Report. Mallard dot com. M A L L I A R D dot com. Uh, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, Duck Pond live chat. Really fun, really interactive. Good chance to get your questions asked or have a good conversation with people who are open to having a good conversation. doesn't mean they're going to agree with you or disagree with you. They're just open to pushing your mind. I, that's what I love about it. Mm. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. I'm pretty sure I'm on Podbean. Tune in. There's so many apps anymore. <laughs> if I'm not on your app, just let me know and I'll get it there or try to get it there. <laughs> You're everywhere. Try to be. You've got to be. So. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being my 12th guest, which is one year. I'm, well, congratulations I'm, on one year, by the way. Thank I you. Mean, even, even doing one or doing one show a month or doing them weekly, that year mark is the mark because it shows the commitment either way. So, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, thanks for your support and, and everything. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. So you take care, and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Don't forget, everybody, check out the Mallard Report with Jim Mallard. Take care, everyone. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email paranormalheart13 at gmail.com
Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 